Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast, and I have figured out that I pushed the wrong button last week and uh, or last episode and had it on fuzzy sound, and hopefully I have corrected that with this one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. But uh, the, does that the, mean no one no one heard that I uh, predicted uh, Stanford to lose? Uh, I mean, you could hear it. It was just fuzzy. Oh, okay. Here, okay. Here's the okay. thing. Had ASU scored 21 points, you would have been right because the Stanford Cardinal went into Sun Devil Stadium and won 20 to 13. Yeah. Usually here we would talk about all of the summaries and different aspects. Manny Wilkins, 26 of 43, two turnovers, no touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, Nikhil Harry threw a pick. We'll get into it. Right. Uh, Running was not a strong suit. Only only Traylon Smith on his one carry averaged over four yards a crack. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But let's just dive in and talk about the offense. Now, we have talked about before, if you just look at the numbers, Manny mm-hmm. often looks good uh, and, yeah. and when you don't understand. But ASU turned the ball over three times. They only scored 13 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the they were five of fourteen on third downs. Am I wrong that I am panicking on the Lycans era? I mean, the Nikhil Harry play is a microcosm yeah, of all of the yeah. problems I have with this. You know, yeah. Rob Lycans calling the plays. No, I agree. I mean, I I'm, I mean, panicking is. Uh, I don't I don't know if I'm in panic, but I'm. I'm certainly concerned. I guess I'm at that well, level. Well, um, sh- here's my question. If things continue on this path, should, yeah. should we have a new offensive coordinator I next year? Think, I think yes, and I think I think the follow-up is will we, and I think yes. Um, you know, you look at the circumstances of his hiring. He, you know, he wasn't the first choice. We know that because they hired someone else. Uh, you know, or, or kept the same person. Billy Napier was supposed to be a big focus of, you know, keeping him here. And he ended up getting a head coaching job and you can't, you know, you can't fault that opportunity. Um, I know it got, you know, parodied a bit with, you know, oh, they wanted to keep both coordinators and both left. Well, you know, one left for a head coaching job, that's a promotion. But nonetheless, we were kind of left, you know, trying to figure something out when he, when he took the other job and, he was the guy on staff who brought some continuity, which was a huge point of emphasis. And I, I don't, I don't want to ignore that notion um, because I think it's an important notion to discuss. But a huge point of emphasis from before we even hired Herm Edwards, from the day Todd Graham got fired, was we got to keep stability for a great quarterback like Manny Wilkins. I believe that was exactly as he was described, and I think we should discuss that. But. Um, that was the point, and so, you know, it really wasn't Herm's call, I don't think so much. I mean, he said the right things, but this is not anybody who has any history with Herm Edwards. Um, now, no, neither does Danny Gonzalez, and that, that hire appears to be a pretty good one so far. But, yeah, I think we will see, uh, with Manny being gone, obviously, and, and a chance for a fresh start, that's logical to expect. Yeah, well... They, I guess here's where I come down on this. Last year's offense was okay. It was pretty good. It, you know, they, uh, yeah. You know, they, the games where they struggled to score 
were games that you would expect them to struggle to score. Right. You know, 20 right. against San Diego State, 13 in a win against Washington. Right. 24 right. against Stanford, 17 against USC. But otherwise, you know, 30s and, and 40s. Last, yeah, I mean, the last month, the offense really got going. We, we, I mean, you and I talked about it over the course of that year. And, you know, we really started to run the ball very well. Demario Richard had a great finish to the season. Um, and and the passing game had some explosiveness to it. I mean, Kyle Williams was had a big time season. He's he's kind of been MIA this year. Um, and Nikhil Harry had better numbers. He's not had a great season. I mean, he's on pace for less than a thousand yards, which I don't think uh, either one of us would have expected. Um, and so it's just not it's not there right now. And I, I use the I used the metaphor last week of of you know the old car that every now and again gets going, but most of the time sputters along. And that's exactly how it felt on Thursday night. Um, you know, two turnovers that came in, you know, with, uh, with the ball inside the 30. So that's, that's points, you know, given up. That's, that's a maximum of 14 points. You let go um, two field goals that you settled for when I think could be the second one. I know they were inside the 10. I mean, if I remember correctly, the first one, they were inside the 10 or at least inside the 20. So there's another, you know, 10 points that you left on the board by settling for field goals. I mean, that's that's a maximum of 24 points you left out there. And even if you get, you know, one touchdown and two field goals on those other drives, that's enough to win the game. And, and you can't throw away opportunities like that when your offense is sputtering, um, when you can't count on your offense to produce scoring drives every time out, which this one is not doing. Yeah, well... He, let's let's go, you know, very quickly drive by drive. Yeah. Um, you know, ASU starts three and out, three and out, puts together a scoring drive. You know, from their own eighteen to a field that goal. Play, you know, I the, the I, it was the IU pass. IU oh, for fifty one. Right. Darby had the one later in the game. Yeah. You know, on the, the first drive of the second half. Yeah. Yeah, there were there were what three big pass plays? I think of forty plus one, the one to Ayuk, the one to Darby, and then I think uh, was it Newsom or Jenkins had the one on the touchdown drive. I get those guys confused. I think that's right. Uh, it was or was that also Darby? No, you were right, Jenkins. Jenkins for thirty seven. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, you know, so the big plays were there. I mean, that's been a that's been kind of a bone of contention this year is not getting the explosive pass plays. They hit. The, the consistency just wasn't there, it seemed like. But so they put together this drive that should have probably ended with a touchdown. They got down mm-hmm. to the, you know, in the red zone. Yeah. Um, ends with a 34 yard Reese field goal. They, they hold Stanford to a punt after a first down. And, and then it, the first of many critical mistakes. Manny Wilkins' 14-yard scramble yeah. fumbles Stanford fumbles, ball, yeah. you know, inside yeah, the Stanford yeah. 35. Yeah, and the, and the momentum was ours at that point. I mean, we were only up 3 nothing, but we had had a good drive to put points on the board. They really hadn't done anything to threaten, um, and we were driving on, on that. I mean, I don't what, – what, where was he on the field? I, I'm – Again, memory serves he was inside the 30 when he fumbled. He, he was at the 30 – inside the 35. Okay, 
Okay. Um, so we were we were driving, and that was a big play. I mean, it was a, it was a good play call, a design quarterback draw, and it and it broke, and he loses the ball. I mean, you know, it happens. I mean, guy made a good hit. What can you say? But at the same time, those are the mistakes you just can't afford to have. Yeah, and, and you know, so then Stanford drives down. Yeah. Picks up a field goal, tie game. Yeah. And ASU rallies again. They, yeah. You know, Man, Man, Manny Wilkins hits Eno, who takes it 29 yards. They're again inside the Stanford 35. You know, Rob Likens after the game said, I feel like yeah. we have momentum. I feel like we're pointed in the right direction. Yeah. And calls a trick play for Harry. Which, mm-hmm. you know, the perhaps the most electrifying Nikhil Harry touchdown of his career was on a botch trick play where he dropped right. the first right. pass. Right. Um, and, you know, there's no, I was going to say, there's just no excuse. He throws the pick. Yeah. And, yeah. and Stanford, you know, drives down, takes a, he gets a field goal yeah. of their own. 12 plays, they go 76 yards, and they, you know, last play of the half, they kick a 31-yard field goal. And and, and from a half that statistically before that last Stanford drive, we were dominating. Uh Uh-huh. Down at the half. Yeah. And it's just I I agree. I mean, now, I will say this, and I don't know what you thought, and, and, you know, I know you watched it later. Um, I didn't, you know, trick plays are always hard to – criticize or praise because honestly they you know they are um when they work you say ah that was great man what what ingenuity what imagination when they don't work you say well what are you doing why why are you doing that Uh, i mean if the ball is thrown another five yards out in front of kyle williams and he strolls in the end zone we're probably saying boy is that the right time for that call um when it doesn't work you know then you look and say well geez you were moving the ball why do you mess with success and and I was, I had that feeling, but as I look at it with some perspective, I think, well, okay, I can see the reason for it. it. It still frustrates me, but I can at least see the rationale. We come out of halftime and put together a, another solid drive that gets first and goal at the Stanford eight after a, another long completion. Right. This was to this was the one to Darby that I was thinking. To Darby, of. yeah, on the uh, sideline. I, I do remember that one. Yeah, and then this is their goal line. Or uh, first and goal plays. Yeah. Eno Benjamin, who's been struggling all day, run for one. Nothing. Manny yeah. Wilkins to Harry for one. It was a and it was like a, a you know bubble screen play yeah. that honestly was lucky to get one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it, it got was, blown it up immediately. A, it, yeah, it could have been a backwards pass. That, you know, there was there was disaster written all over that play. Just getting a yard was probably as good as it could have been. So then we get to third and goal from the six, and. They try the fade to Harry, which I don't. Which threw it out of bounds. Yeah, I was gonna say I yeah. don't hate the idea of trying to <laughs> no. force the ball to your best player, but give him a, he chance. Him a chance to catch it. Yeah, you know? yeah, he threw it out of bounds. I mean, uh, yeah, that was that was a play, and I'm glad you you brought that one up because that was one that that among several that the inaccuracy of Manny Wilkins really really cost us. Um, and and yeah, third goal. It's the right idea, sure. Give give him a chance to catch the ball. You didn't give him a chance to catch the ball. I mean, you know, unless he unless he was nine feet tall, that ball was not catchable. 
Um, and so you settle for a field goal and, and you, yeah, I mean, you get three plays near the end zone and the ball only goes in the end zone once. And really it was out of bounds in the end zone. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, that one was frustrating, uh, among, you know, among others, uh, he was, he was, uh, twice, well, three times total we ran the play, the, you know, quick little pop pass to the tight end. And only once was he accurate. The other two times he threw it over the guy's head. I mean, those are, those are plays that, that they're there for the taking guys open and he let them slip. Yeah. And it, you know, so Reese kicks the field goal. We're tied at six, but we, you know, we miss another scoring opportunity in Stanford right. territory to put, right. to put six on the board. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean twice. So, so both were inside the red zone, one inside the 10, uh, and, and only come away with six points. And that's after, you know, two other turnovers where we were inside the, you know, 40. Um, and, and so, again, you know, just think about the wasted points there. Uh, you know, if your offense is efficient, you could have 21 or 28 points by this point of the game. We have six. You know, then Stanford does what what was inevitable, really, because yeah. you Which can't continue. Dominate the third quarter. Yeah. yeah. They, yeah. Just, they, they just stomped us after that field yeah. goal. You know, yeah. they we have a bad pass interference on Crosswell uh, that helps keep the drive going for them. Yeah. Uh, I, I shouldn't say that it was first down, but you know he got beat and then committed yeah. the penalty, and yeah. then Costello hits Irwin for twelve. Hit you know, and then three plays later hits our Sega Whiteside on yep. third and three for a touchdown. For a touchdown. Chase Lucas on the play. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. that um, that's a theme, and we'll get into the defense. Yeah, but that's a theme. Then ASU, you know, goes picks up one first down, has to punt. Stanford, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a touchback. Which you know, Sleep Dalton's had a great year. It's tough to knock him, but that would right. have been that would have been one where if he could have, you know, yeah. made them work a little more. True, true. But it didn't seem like it was going to matter. They, you know, they immediately pick up chunk plays. Yeah. 25 yards on the first play, you know, 22 yards on the fourth play. And then, you know, they're deep in ASU territory in four plays. They wind up scoring yeah. in eight. Yeah. I believe seven. A, a, seven. Yeah. Yeah. They scored on a, on a short run there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scarlett, I think, had the touchdown. That was after Love had gotten hurt on, I think, their first drive yeah. of the second half. He went out and didn't come back. Yeah. Um, but they, they still ran the ball well without him. I mean, I mean they did I shouldn't say that, honestly. They ran the ball well at times, but they really, uh, offensively, they didn't do that much damage. I mean, they had back-to-back touchdown drives, and you expect that a team of that caliber is going to put some points on the board. But 20 points is, is not that many. And, you know, yeah, I mean, we're, we're obviously talking more offense, but, you know, another game where defensively we were good enough to win, and the offense didn't do its part, and that's been a recurring theme. I mean, this is... This is five times now this year we've scored 21 or less points, and we've only won one of those games. Um, you know, that's that's a hard recipe to have. You're, you're putting a lot of stress on that defense, which we know is not a great group, but is better than what we expected. So, you know, to have to win, you know, by only giving up 12 points, that's that's hard to do against a, against a pretty good team, a good quarterback, good running backs, great offensive line. They're going to get theirs, and they, they didn't get much of theirs, though. Just to round out what happened, so it's twenty to six. Uh, ASU gets the ball, goes three and out. Stanford gets the ball, winds up having to punt, 
And then, yeah. then this is the interception drive where I have to say, on third and 19, I don't hate throwing a bomb and having it get no, picked. No, you uh, no. Of the three turnovers, that was the one that was the most um, – forgivable you know because it's essentially it, it, it really was it really was i mean if it's incomplete you're punting and you're probably putting the ball around the same spot on the field um yeah that that one i don't have a huge problem with i mean it was a it was a desperation throw and so you look at it just in isolation but but yeah i mean uh, that's not a big concern for me the bigger ones were you know two that came in in scoring territory in the first half uh, again, giving up points. That drive probably wasn't going to end with points. Um, so yeah, that that one is not a huge bother to me. Um, but yeah, we you know another turnover, and then and then from that point on, Stanford just gets ultra conservative. Uh, I mean, about as conservative as you could ever imagine, and let us back in the game, but we weren't able to fully take advantage of it. Yeah. So Stanford, after the interception, goes three and out, loses yardage on the drive. Yeah. Uh, that sets up ASU six play, sixty four yard touchdown drive. As you said, the the key play was the thirty seven yard pass to yeah. Jenkins. Yeah. Um, you know, and then Manny with the scramble run for the touchdown. Uh, yeah. Stanford gets the ball, goes three and out. I, I mean, the defense really in the fourth quarter did all that they could. They did. You they know? did. Yeah. Stanford yeah, three and out. The- Stanford three and out. Yep, yeah, yep. And we needed if, the ball back, uh, you know, against Colorado, and they couldn't do it. And and this game they did. I mean, they gave us two two drives to tie the game. And one we I think got one first down and ended up punting with about four minutes to go. And then of course the last drive, which which we should discuss. Yeah. So let's get to the last drive. A- ASU, as you said, had, picks up one first down, has to punt. Stanford's got the ball. With four minutes and change to go, the expectation here is something analogous to what happened against Colorado that right. that we just won't be able we to never hold get them back on the field. And, yeah. and in yeah. fact, I almost texted you because on the we we get them to first and twenty because the first yeah. play is a holding. Then of course he picks up thirteen yards on first and twenty on a pass, yeah. which was the first time they'd thrown the entire fourth quarter, I think. And then. And then, so Costello runs, which I'm immediately having flashbacks to everything I said about quarterback draws and quarterback keeps. And he picks up the first down, but then it's compounded by Tyler Johnson's second face personal mask. foul of the game. Which was an easy call. Uh, you know, I mean, just a blatant face mask in the middle of the field. There was no, there was no way that was not going to get called. You could see it from a mile away. Yeah. No, it was... It, it was obvious and clear, and, and it was in the middle of the field. I, there, it wasn't even yeah. like it was in traffic. He just he just grabbed him straight up yeah. by the face. Yeah. Now I will say this: uh, Tyler Johnson had a good game. I mean, he was he was active. Uh, you know, the the penalties you you don't like. Don't get me wrong, but he was. You know, there were plenty of times I noticed him out there for good reasons. Um, but yeah, that that was a mistake that obviously. Um, now, without the penalty, he's going to run for that first down anyway. The penalty yeah. actually, you know, stops him from getting probably an extra 10 yards. Yeah, and, and it really doesn't matter because ultimately they do hold them. Right. Um, Jake Bailey, and, their, their punter, drills, you know, the kind of punt much. that you wanted yes. from Sleep yes. Dalton on he that was early. really good. He was really good all night. Yeah, when they needed big punts, he came through. When they needed him to just drop one down, you know, as a pooch, he could do that. Uh, now, I'll throw out one more thing, one difference between the Colorado game. 
We had three timeouts available to us. Remember, sure. we talked in the Colorado game, we had burned two timeouts. We only had one to stop the clock on defense, and that proved valuable. I mean, it, at least it should have been. It proved valuable to get our offense the ball back. We were able to call three and get the ball back with, what, about two and a half minutes to go, I think. So there's 2.20 left, which, you know, immediately Heward was like, well, that's an eternity in college. And it is. Yes, but it is. We have 85 <laughs> yards to go. Not the way we ran. The, clock, the clock's <laughs> going to stop on first downs. Yeah. And immediately out of the box, the, the first thing that happens is the only thing that can't, and Manning gets sacked. Right, right. So, Sack, so, so you're running time off there yeah. as everybody gets back to the line and gets settled, yeah. Yeah, second and 12, Manny hits Kyle Williams for 11. For 11, and, and that's a key play, 11. Short of the first down and inbounds, so the clock continues to run. I went back and watched this drive last night, so I, I'm remembering this one well. The number of times, and I give Stanford some credit, they made good plays that kept that clock rolling, and then we did not do a great job of managing the time either. No, we did a terrible job of clock management. Um, so third and one, Manny hits Eno for four yards, first yeah. down, clock stops. Then but again, tackled in bounds. Yeah. They made sure, I mean, clock stops a bit, but another good play by them to tackle him in bounds. Yeah. First and 10 now, ASU 28, Manny hits Kyle Williams, first down. And again, tackled in bounds. Yeah. That was one that he was on the sideline too. I did a great job of keeping him in bounds. Yeah, and then then the the critical play when the yes. odds of them scoring go up significantly. Yeah. First and ten from the thirty-eight. Manny hits Nikhil Harry for twenty-eight yards down to the Stanford thirty-four. A really good throw. And it was, it was one of his better throws of the night. And he's out of bounds. Yes. So the clock is yes. stopped. There's, I think. Under a minute, 56 seconds yep. on this. Yep, yep. Then the immediate this, reverse, this, the, the worst, worst play. play. The yeah, well, the second worst play of the time. Yeah, the last <laughs> we'll play the, the last play is the worst. Right, right. But, but yes, the first so down pass there First was, and was 10, huge. First and 10, Stanford 34, 56 seconds on the clock when we snap the ball. Manning yeah. hits Eno Benjamin for five in yep. the middle of the field. Tackled inbounds again. Yes, yeah. yes. We lose... 21 seconds yeah on yep, this play. absolutely i watched it last night it's because uh, i even remembered that stretch the the tackle happens at i believe 52 seconds he goes down and we snap the ball at 32 seconds that's that's you cannot take that long uh, it took way too long. i mean and i don't know if you watched it i know you were listening on the radio when it was happening um you know the the looking to the sideline to get the play call there you, you can't have that. You've got to you've got to just have a few quick calls that you can just go to, uh, a couple you know hand signals or something like that. You cannot be looking to the sideline as as the last fifty seconds of the game tick away. Well, and that to me comes down to you know Heward. I heard on the broadcast after said, you know, well, you know, this is a new. This is what happens with a new system is guys don't know. Yeah. But but that's but but it's not because it's Rob Likens. No, this exactly. is why I don't and accept that as an as an I excuse. I don't either. And this is this is year five for Manny Wilkins. It's year three as a starter. It's game number seven. Like those those excuses, and I heard Heward say that too when I went back and watched it. I, I, I don't buy that. I mean he said it about the last play, and I, I really don't buy it about the last play, because that's just knowing the game and knowing football. Um, you know, you know that's the difference between a program in year one and a program in year eight. I guess there's there are differences, but I don't believe that's one of them. 
Well, so they go and look at the sidelines. They come up with nothing that works. Pretty much nothing. So, yeah. So Manny has to scramble. Manny and, scrambles. And gets gets out of bounds. Finally, yeah. a play that that at least gets out of bounds and stops the clock. Although a yard short of the yeah. first down. But now it's third and one. Manny throws an incompletion to Newsom. Fourth a bad and one. Uh, yeah. Let's let's not oversight that because Newsom was open and he threw it way over his head again. You know, about ten times in the game, I think he was high on a throw. Well, and that throw was that play design worked great against what Stanford did because not only was Newsom open, and I can't remember if it was Darby. Williams or it was Darby. Darby had a, a slant, a post to the end yeah. zone that probably would have been a touchdown. Yeah. He was he, he was, was open. by himself. Yes. They yes. they crossed. They crossed up the Stanford secondary, and literally, yes. it looked like three guys for Stanford just stopped. And yeah. you had if he throws that ball to Darby, it's probably a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, it, it, because there was only one guy with him, and he was a couple steps behind him. Yeah, and and so we wound up with two guys open for chunk plays, possible touchdowns, right. and Manny overshoots him and gets nothing. Yeah. So it's fourth and yeah. one. Traylon Smith comes in because obviously, you know. That why, was unusual, but why not? But, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was a strange spot to give him his first carry, and I think only his second or third snap yeah. of the night. But he gets the first down. Yeah. And, you know, so we're we're still we're still kicking at that point. So he picks up the first down, and and here's where my beef is. So he picks up the first down. They lay on top of him. Everybody does yeah. their job. They get off. Sure. We we take too long still to get set. And, and so yeah. we don't we don't get the benefit of the stopped clock really a couple extra seconds yeah and, I mean yeah th- that one was was quick but yeah you're right. I mean you know we let we let three seconds come off there I guess I think he got tackled with fifteen or sixteen and I know there was twelve on the last yeah. play and so we we clocked the ball uh, Manny you know what should have been two shots at the end zone. I, I think yeah at I, least I, I am at com- least two plays I am yeah. comfortable that you have two shots at the end zone absolutely from should. from there we're on the 20 you you can run and you can run a real play you can run yes. that same post yeah. uh, option that you ran you can do a- anything here except for get tackled inbounds short right. of a first down that's the only thing which, you can't do which is exactly what he did. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, uh, they they take the snap. Protection is okay on the play. Yeah, he got a little pressure, but he stepped up away from it, and he had time. Yeah. And, and and you know, I was I mean, I was talking to people after the game, and, and admittedly, you know, it's always one of those things to easily say when you've never faced you know four three hundred pound guys coming at you. But that's the job of a quarterback is to get used to that. Um, he has time, and he seems to panic, and he dumps the ball off to Eno Benjamin again in the middle of the field. Why, I mean, honestly, why Eno Benjamin is even standing there, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't know what the design of the play is, but there is no benefit to having someone four yards down the field in the middle of the field. <laughs> just none. No. If well, he's going to be four yards down the field, have him on the sideline. Yeah. So he just take he, a quick step out of bounds. He, yeah. There were two things that could have happened there. He could have been further down the field, or he yeah. could have been in to block and add right. pass protection. Right. And he wasn't either. He wasn't doing either. And, yeah, and I mean, so then like, you lead you lead to this situation where you know he's tackled in bounds. He didn't have yeah. a prayer. I I, I no. guess I'll give him credit. He did 
tried to get out of bounds, but he, he tried, was, but there was no he was chance. inside yeah. the hash mark. There was no, you know, yeah. I, if, if we, if the guys who we had in high school who would play pickup football were, you know, positioned where the Stanford players were, he probably gets out of bounds. But the problem is right. these are scholarship Division One athletes. Right. right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, again, I give them credit. Going back and watching it, they did a really good job of tackling guys in bounds, tackling them short of a first down. I mean, they, they were very well coached to know, you know, to, to not give up the stupid plays that so many times you see teams do. And like the only thing you have to do is keep the guy in bounds and they, they don't do it. Um, and, and so give them credit for that. But yeah, just a, just a, a head scratching decision by Manny Wilkins. And really, like I just said, why is there even a receiver there? I mean, what, what is the benefit of having him standing there? That's not a time for a safety valve. Uh, that's a time where you need to have your five eligible receivers either on the sideline or at least past the first down, but really in the end zone. Because even if you get a first down there, you're going to struggle to be able to spike the ball in time and get one more play. You might have time, but not not much. If you're getting it, it's going to be like two seconds. Yeah. And they don't. They, they no, hustle up. They, I mean, they, don't, they hustle, but there's no chance. You're not getting... You're not getting the ball put down and set in you know seven seconds, which is essentially what it was. And this isn't like when we beat Wisconsin and there was that weird, right? You know, play time. Time ran out. Yeah, yeah this was this was legitimately no, 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 no. like the refs were trying to set the oh, ball. Yeah. There yeah, was no. I mean, this, was, this was completely on us. Um, and yeah, yeah, just uh, it was a head scratching way to lose a game. Again, with the with the veteran quarterback, and I, you know, I know a fifth year guy is not immune to making mistakes. I get it. I mean, you know, the, the best guys in the NFL still make mistakes, but but that's just a, like you have the stoppage of play after the spike. At that point, it's got to be going off in your head that you know that that I, every throw from here on has to go to the end zone. Again, get intercepted. I mean, like at least you go down swinging. I mean, I, I don't I don't want to lose, but. But give yourself a chance to win. That gave us no chance to win. Well, and that's uh, the you thing. Know, he throws throw it the in ball, picked off. Whatever, throw the ball. You know? If you if the decision he made was Nikhil Harry is our best player, I'm just going to throw the ball up to him, and I don't care yeah. if there's three Stanford Cardinal around him. I'm just doing what I can. Right, and that I would have been fine with that. You know, you do that, do it, and if it gets intercepted. Oh, well, you know, I mean, but again, with 12 seconds, throw the ball away. He got away. He got away from the rush. If you don't see anything, just throw it out of bounds and give yourself at least one more throw. I mean, if you want to protect the ball there, and I get that notion, that's not the way to protect the ball. That's a that's a play not to lose type of decision. And what do you end up doing? Losing. Yeah. And it was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it just it. it uh it just was the, the capper of a, of a rough night for an offense that never clicked, never got in any consistent rhythm. And, you know, this is a Stanford defense that, yes, they're, they're well coached and, and they're, not, they're not a terrible defense, but they got sliced and diced by Oregon and they got sliced and diced by Notre Dame. And Utah put up, you know, 40-some. Now, some of the, I think they had a couple defensive touchdowns in that game, but this is not a great Stanford defense. And we made them look pretty good. And, you know, what was my point throughout September was, well, what are we going to start seeing when we start facing 
middle of the pack defenses. We thought we faced some pretty good ones to start. We faced a couple really bad ones in UTSA and Oregon State. Well, now these last two games, that's what we faced. And what have we come up with? 34 total points. That's not good enough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's bad because it feels like, you know, remember when we had that thing where with Graham where it was like, wow, the defense looks okay, but the offense can't right. go anywhere. And then by the time the offense gets rolling, the defense looks shaky. Th- this year, the offense has just looked shaky, though. Yeah, it has. You know? It has. I think it's it's interesting because I feel like we spent the whole you know preseason worrying about the defense. That was the headline item. We had so many new faces. We had a new coordinator. Um, we had a new head coach. And everyone wondered how that was going to go with game management, things like that. Um, and the offense just kind of slipped under everybody's attention because they're like, well, you got your quarterback back, you got a great receiver, you got a good receiver core behind him, you got a lot of offensive linemen back. This is going to be, it's going to be fine. Well, it hasn't been fine, uh, and and it's it's been uh, average at best, and sometimes worse than average. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's the thing that's keeping us from winning games. Quite honestly, you know, defensively, we have been pretty solid. Not great, yeah. but solid. Well, it, I think the way Haller described it is right. Fine. Our, our defense has been fine. It hasn't yes. been good. It which, hasn't which been. Which you would have signed up for yeah. at, at the start of the season. I mean, I know I would have. If you told me that, that seven games into the year we'd say, the defense has been fine. We haven't given up more than 30 points this year, right? I mean, that I'm, I'm trying to think. I don't have the scores in front of me. But I feel like we've, we've kept every team to under 30. Yeah, I mean, if you had told me that, I would have said, "Man, we're going to be five and two, maybe six and one. Like we'd we'd be rolling along right now." Yeah, no, this is this is bad, and yeah, you know, yeah, and and I don't know what to make of it other than I, you know, there's I, not much to make of it. I don't think you know, uh, you know it's, I mean, there's a lot gonna, to make of it. There's not much to do about it right now. I but, don't think. But the thing is, we're going to lose all these guys too. So right. so right. all of the things that. We said this year about the uh, about the defense. We're going to yeah. say next year about the offense. Plus, I, I presume a new offensive coordinator. Maybe it's going to be Kevin Malai. Maybe it's going to be some high school guy be. from you know California. Could be, could be. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, you know, I just I think that makes sense, and I don't. You know, I know it's easy as a fan. The fan reaction is always, "Well, the quarterback stinks. Bench the quarterback." I don't want to put it all on him. But I think it does bear mentioning, bear notice that he is, he's not, I, I said it when we first started talking today, that Ray Anderson said he was a great quarterback. I believe that's the term. He's not. He's not a great quarterback. I think he works hard. I think he, you know, he, he seems to care. I mean, you see how he, how he, you know, comports himself after the game. And he, you know, he comes in and he looks, you know, wrecked because they lost. And it's not a lack of caring. It's not a lack of trying. He's just not a great player. He's an average quarterback who who can have good moments and have some not so good moments, and um, you know he's he's not good enough to carry an offense. And you saw it in this game; just way too many missed throws when there was when there were opportunities there to win this game, and he didn't deliver. And and, and he had some drops too. I mean, admit it. Like Kyle Williams drops two passes. You know, like you got to make those plays. Um, you know, the offensive line is not great. The, the running game for the last game and a half now has been non-existent. After a good stretch, starting at halftime of Colorado and then this full game, pretty much nothing. So it's it's an offensive-wide issue, but 
but Manny Wilkins is just not great. He's he's good at his very best. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, this is from Doug Haller's gamer on the Athletic. Yeah. And th- this is his quote: "The offense should be better. Entering the season, the big concern was defense. So much youth, so much <laughs> inexperience. But through seven games, the defense has been fine. Not dominant, not good, but fine. Yeah." It's the offense that's struggling. ASU's shift to a run-heavy attack has marginalized Harry, a preseason All-America candidate. Williams last year caught 66 passes. This season, he's been too quiet. In five of seven games, ASU has failed to score more than 21 points. Yeah, yeah. Do the Sun Devils need better balance? Ask Coach Likens, Wilkins said. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's an interesting – I saw that quote. I did. And and, and I'd love to – and I'm not I'm – not cri- questioning how or necessarily i'd love to hear how that was said because you read that in 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 print and it feels like and he italicized uh, it he did he did uh i mean you read that and it and it feels like someone was kind of throwing someone under the bus you know whenever you uh, ask the coach that may not have been the way it was said i don't know i i didn't hear the audio or see the video um, but yeah, you know, it, it, and, and it's, that's a good point. And one that I was thinking, you know, before you even read that, are we caught between approaches? We started out this year as, as kind of a pass heavy team, probably too pass heavy in that Michigan state game. We won, but the run game almost was like, you know, not even used in the second half. Well, and we said, um, you know, after that game, well, we learned which way Likens leans right, when he has right. the option. But but it feels like and now it feels like he's being overruled. Yeah, that we got to be a heavy run team, and and maybe we don't have the group to do that. Although it was successful against San Diego State, Washington, certainly Oregon State. But but we, we lost just, two of those games. We did lose two of those games. You're right. Um, you know, so I don't know. I mean, it, I wonder if there's a little bit of a, and that's another reason why I wonder if we'll have a different coordinator because you know when the when the head coach. I mean, you I've read them. You probably read them too. That Herm even said at one point after a game this year, you know, you know, Rob Likens asked me if he could call a pass play here, and I said, no, we're going to run it. And it's kind of a throwaway line, but it's also like, well, hold on. Who is calling the offense here? Now, he's the head coach. He gets to make those decisions. That's why he gets the big dollars. But that is a question mark to me is are, are we – do we have a coordinator that's calling plays he doesn't really believe in? Yeah, and, and I think that that is possible because of some of the things – it, it, it almost has felt like in some instances Likens' confidence has been shot because yes. you know there was the idea, well, I wanted to call this play, but then we called timeout and I right. thought it over and decided right. to call a different play. It's like the, the fourth and one there in San Diego State. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, that's a great one to point out. You know, and then you have these moments where it's like, you know, well, you know, or the quotes from her, you know, a, a good football team should be able to pick up two yards on fourth and two running the ball. It's like – right. Right, but but we're not there. we're not there yet. You no. know, uh, yeah, we're not, and and yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's interesting. I, I just I don't know where exactly it goes from here this year, um, because there is not another option at quarterback. Uh, there really isn't. You know, I mean, and and that's uh, you know a point that I have thought since since November is this idea that we just kind of handed this job to Manny Wilkins as though he was, you know, Baker Mayfield coming back after being a Heisman finalist. Um, we had two other guys who are who are now starters in college football, had been before, you know, one for us, one for another team. And we basically told them to pound sand that Manny Wilkins was going to get this job regardless. And, 
and maybe Manny would have won the job, but I sure would have liked to have had it be a competition. Like, I'm not saying Brady White or Blake Barnett would have been, you know, Heisman Trophy winners, um, or even better than Manny Wilkins, but I, I would have liked to have seen him get an opportunity, at least one of them, to compete for the job in the spring and the fall, and we, we presented no opportunity for that to happen. Oh, yeah. And that's I mean, why they both left. The way it was phrased was designed to chase them yeah. off. And, and, yeah, yeah, and, and something that I think needs to be revisited about all of this, in addition to saying, well, it's Manny's team and, and, and it's Manny's job and we want to have consistency, we want to keep the same coordinators, we want to keep the same coaches, we want to keep the same foundation. Okay, you did all of that and you're worse now. So right. I, I don't know what to right. make of it other than you did all of those things. The area that you told me as a fan to be a little worried about has been okay. Yeah. And, and the yeah. area that yeah. has the most consistency and that you insisted remain consistent right. has fallen apart. It's not. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the frustrating thing. And, and I mean, one of the things, you know, like to, I'm going to quote Tony Kornheiser here. I remember what I say. And what I said throughout the preseason as we started doing our picks and early in the year was, you know, well, boy, I'd expect a better year because we've got this third-year starting quarterback who's pretty good. I think I was wrong. We've got a third-year starting quarterback. I should have stopped there. Um, he, he's not pretty good. He's, he's okay. Um, but he's not good enough to mask flaws of an offense that's, that's got him, whether it's scheme or whether it's personnel or whatever. Maybe it's all those things. Um, there are flaws here, and, and uh, he's not good enough to overcome them. And yet you have nowhere else to go. Well, um, and that right there, that is a key point. That this yeah. is what this is the bed we've made. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wh- one thing and about Manny who that you bench him for, yeah, Burt Walding. I don't think so. Yeah, uh, you know, and so and you've already shot guy. DSC's confidence by making yeah, Walding a possible option. And right. Kelly right. has a mysterious shoulder injury, so who knows yeah. what his status who is? Who knows what his? Yeah, I haven't seen him throw a ball in preseason or pregame, I should say, um, in the games I've been at. So I don't even know if he's if he's able to play at all this year. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, and, and I'll give you a little anecdote, and it's just an anecdote. I don't know what to read into it at all, but I was down there pregame and Dylan Sterling Cole's out there early. I'm thinking, Oh, I'll watch him throw, you know, whatever. And essentially what he's doing is just kind of tossing the ball around with somebody. I don't even know who it was a receiver. He wasn't wearing anything with his number. Um, but they're just kind of F owing for lack of a better word. And then later on in the pregame, you know, Kurt Waldy's out there throwing routes with all the receivers down in the end zone, doing his drop backs, throwing fades, throwing slants. And I'm thinking, why isn't Dylan Sterling Cole part of this? Shouldn't, shouldn't this be a point where he's out there trying to get better? And I, I didn't see that. Now, just one scene, maybe there's a reason why, but it concerned me that he wasn't a part of things. Well, it harkens back to the the episode of Hard Knocks for me where, you know, Hugh Jackson pulls – uh, yeah. pulls the court, yeah pulls Mayfield aside yeah. and and he says you know how how you like the quarterback trailer how's the room and he's like right. oh it's really good he's like are you getting to talk to Tyrod and he goes yeah you know he's got his own thing he shows right. up at 5 a.m. he's he does a lot of work before other people yeah. get here and he goes okay why is that not your thing why yeah, exactly. you know yeah, yeah. and when it's like have your th- yeah yeah I mean and it just and it, and it plays in, I mean what I saw plays exactly into the to the you know stereotype. Dylan Sterling Cole is the recruited 
talented kid who's just kind of going about it and doesn't really care. Kurt Walding's the walk-on, undersized, gritty, gutty, uh, and he's out there working. And, and again, I don't know if that's even accurate. It's just it's just the observation I had. Now, maybe Dylan Sterling Cole was out there an hour before I got there, and he was working on routes with guys, and I didn't see it. Very possible. Uh, maybe they do it at practice. We don't see that. But it just I, I saw that pregame, and I thought, well, shouldn't he be part of it? I mean, Manny was in there. Now, Manny wasn't throwing every ball. Makes sense. You don't want your starting quarterback to be throwing, you know, 60 extra throws in the pregame. Um, but he was in there, and I didn't see Sterling Cole at all in that scene. He was already back in the locker room, it appeared. And I'm like, man, this this is a time where you should be part of things, I feel like. I'll say this. It, it says a lot to me, an acknowledgement of probably mistakes, quite frankly, that not only did we, you know, lose these guys, but next year's recruiting class has two quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And they are the yeah. highest rated two guys who've committed so far by right. a mile. Right. And, and you know, you're looking at a situation right now, given the makeup of, of next year's roster, where one of them could be the starter. I, I would, I would expect spot. it. I, I, quite, uh, quite frankly, it, without yeah. a grad transfer, I, right. I think the pitch to both those guys, Yellen and the other kid from Oregon, right. is... Long. Yeah, if you show yeah. up, you can win this job. We're going to give you a chance to, to get the job. And yeah, I mean, and, and, and they should because it, you know I I've seen nothing from DSC in the very limited no. playing time he's had. Walding, like you said, is a gritty, gutty walk on. Yeah, and but for he's all a walk-on I, still. yeah, and for all <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. Ryan Kelly can't lift his arm over his right, shoulder because right, I haven't seen yeah. it. <laughs> it it kind of feels like. Uh, and they were recruited by different staff, obviously, so maybe that's part of it. But it, it does feel like the DSC and Kelly have been forgotten. Um, that, that you know, And that's why I say there's really nowhere for us to go with the quarterback spot because at a point like this when you fall to, you know, under 500 halfway through the season, you know, this is where you usually start going to that, well, should we be getting the young quarterback some reps, even if not starting him, but, you know, give him a series or two? I don't know that that's going to happen because I don't think they see any benefit in doing that. I just don't I don't get any feeling that, you know, this staff feels like either one of those guys is the future. And so I don't expect that to happen. I expect Manny to probably get every rep unless he's injured. And, you know, we're going to just continue to kind of float along and, and try to get to six wins, which I don't know if we can do. Here's how stats can be misleading. When all is said and done, Manny will finish his career among the ASU leaders in a lot of statistical categories. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And before this season, when we did our, you know, ASU quarterback draft, yeah, yeah. you know, he we pegged him for the middle with yeah. the chance to trend up or down based on how the year went. And and I would say he's trended down. Trended down. Uh, it's, I was going to say the exact same thing. Uh, I was thinking that last night, actually, that, you know, there's there's almost no chance he's going to trend up. I mean, because the best this season finishes now is 8-4. and four. And there's really nothing tremendously special about an 8-4 and four season. Um, and, and, you know, if, even if you were to do that, who are you going to be? Oregon, you know, I guess would be a a good win to have, but you know, you've, you've missed some chances for a, a, you know, big time win. This could have been a a bit of a signature moment. Wasn't there. Washington obviously was a winnable game. Wasn't there. We're not winning the South. I mean, uh, you know, that's, that's pretty much out the window, maybe not mathematically, but realistically. Um, and so, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, he's, he's not, He's not as bad as Danny Sullivan. We've seen terrible quarterback play. We've seen it. Stephen Three was a turnover machine. He's not at that level. 
but he's not as good as Taylor Kelly or Rudy at his best. Brock, uh, you know, Sam or, Keller. Uh, Brock, exactly. He's just not, um, you know, and we're, we're seeing it this year. I mean, again, it's not to knock the kid. He seems like, he seems like, a, a, you know, a kid who's working hard, trying hard. Yeah. Well, I, and a, not, an amazing you know, story as a, as a, per, well, and as a person yeah. seems to, to a story seems like yes. a great person, leader, you know, every, but, every media outlet that has covered him has said, so. right. Right. Yeah. But that's not, you know, that doesn't pay the freight. I mean, yeah. you know, it's great. It's great that he's a good kid. Well, and in life, that's terrific. The problem <laughs> <Sure>. is <laughs> while I root for everyone in life to succeed on the yeah. football field, being a great person doesn't do much for doesn't me. Some of, yeah. some of your favorites on the football field, are not great people. Right, exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah, but, you know. So so yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's it is. Yeah, but being a being a great, you know, story in the Athletic or story on Arizona Republic does not put the ball in the end zone. And we're not putting the ball in the end zone enough lately. Um, and, you know, so yeah, it's just it's uh I agree with you. I mean, he's he's going to finish at best somewhere around the middle of that grouping uh, of quarterbacks that we talked about. Um you know, he's not going to have the season that, that would have pushed him to the level of, you know, our upper three, which was, I think for both of us, we had Walter and Kelly and Carpenter in some order. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not going to get there, uh, which I had high hopes that he might, but it's not going to happen from what I can tell. No, no. So, yeah, it's just, it's, it's frustrating because, uh, I, like I said, defensively, we've been good enough to have the kind of season that I thought we could have. Um, and you know, if things, if things broke right and defense was supposed to be the big if, and that's been pretty good. Uh, well, it's been okay. Uh, you it's know, it's been fine. Yeah. Yeah. It has been good enough. And, uh, I mean, this game was, you know, we did a good job stopping the run against a team that came in bound and determined to do it. Um, and, and, you know, we, we had a ton of tackles for loss, we didn't give up, you know, very many big plays in the passing game. The one to our Sega Whiteside was really, I think that was the longest pass play they had all game. Um, it was good enough to win, you know, and, and we just we just didn't get the job done. On the defensive side of the ball, I will say the one thing about this system compared to Graham's is the big play. And it's and, and the yeah. reason why the defense looks better is what we've talked about, it's what Stanford does, it's what Washington does. You can pick up five, six, seven yards of completion, and you can methodically work your way down the field. But mm-hmm. but you better not commit a hold. You, right. You better right. not. You better not get up. sacked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, you know, and it, I don't. I'm not. I I consider myself a pretty good football fan, but I'm not an X's and O's guy. I've never coached. I've never. You know. Um, so I trust people who are, and and so I did. You know, I worked in the radio broadcast for this game, and. The guy who was doing the color was Doug Plank, who's the you know the guy who the forty six defense is named after. He was a coach for a long time, and so he knows his defensive football. And he pointed out, not on on air, but during one of the breaks, that you know from what he saw of Todd Graham's defenses, they were just reckless. They just you know they kind of they, they the whole idea was you know cause cause confusion, but there was no there was no discipline to it, and we saw the, the evidence of that and he pointed out, you know what they're doing. They're getting a lot of tackles for loss, but they're not going crazy. They're not putting 11 guys at the line of scrimmage. They're just doing their job. And 
and so far that's been pretty good. And you know, it's, it hasn't been dominant, but it's been good enough. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, that's the key right there. Yeah, I mean, so I I got no complaints about, you know, the way the defense has been coached, the way the defense has played. Um, I mean, they're, you know, look, they're not perfect. Uh, they've given up some plays. Colorado, you know, we talked about how they gave up, you know, touchdown every time after we scored. Uh, you know, we couldn't sustain any momentum. And, they, they, you know, the penalties, uh, though, have been penalties of aggression, not of stupidity, yeah, exactly. which is good. Now. And I don't know if you went back and watched the whole game. Uh, you know, I know Danny Gonzalez said he didn't think the pass interference calls were. He thought a couple of them were bad. I thought they were all good calls. I really did. I, I mean, to me, none of them stood out as. And I and I get frustrated by the way you know pass interference is called in football now. I thought they were all accurate. Yeah. No. I I didn't have a problem with any of that. I my i guess my what my point was is that i don't mind the penalties they're committing no. because no, in the context of what they're doing they're all you know yeah you know they don't have to go to the packers for a second they don't have a guy like former alabama defensive back tony brown who can't help right. but hit a guy out of bounds can't help but taunt a guy right you know right. Right. we're, yes. we're yes. not doing right. that yeah. the penalties we're getting no, are you know uh, you know, you're going to have, I mean, that face mask, the one we talked about, yeah. you know, look, I, the guy's trying to make a play. He's trying to stop the guy from getting an extra 15 yards. Now he ended up giving him an extra 15, but you, you take that chance yeah. to make a play pass interference. I mean, the two that we had consecutively, they ended up getting a field goal in that drive. If we don't interfere on both of those plays, very likely they get a touchdown. Both of those easily could have been touchdown passes. So saved us four points. You know, I'll take that. Commit a couple penalties to save four points. Sure, take that trade every time. Yeah, and it's it, there's just none of the stupid stuff that right. you know. And Graham's teams, I will say, did not have a lot of stupid penalties because he wouldn't tolerate right. that. No, no, but they, but they were pretty good at that usually. But but we've seen that in eras past, obviously yeah. with Erickson. And, but the other thing is, and we've talked about it with Manny, but I, I wonder if a little bit of it was with the defense as well, and we just never focused on it. But the fear of committing a mistake, the the yeah. fear of turning the ball over, which became crippling to Berkowitz, right. uh, right. and, and maybe crippling to Manny. Might uh, be, might be, yeah. You know, because he misses yeah. all the ones he misses. He misses high and whatnot. And it, right. I, and I hearken back to what you said last year about Darnold at USC, which is. The reason yeah. why he throws these picks is because he also hits that for a touchdown. He's taking chances. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a there's a very thin line there when you talk quarterbacks because, you know, I mentioned Stephen Three. He was a guy who turned the ball over way too much, and you thought, well, you know, what are you doing? You know, you got to rein it in. But, you know, you also don't want a quarterback who's afraid to turn the ball over because then you're not going to have any big plays. You're not going to yeah. have any any good throws, any throws where, you know, that make you go, wow, that was a hell of a throw. Because most of those are ones that you know by by a fraction of a second later, it's intercepted. Well, and, and it's know, the that's, it's that's the it takes. it's the difference between being called reckless and a gunslinger. If it yes. works, you're a gunslinger, yes. and if it right. doesn't, you're reckless. And you have to walk that fine line. And some guys, I mean, you know, you you throw that term out, and obviously the the you know the one that's always associated with that term is Brett Favre. And depending on the game or even the quarter, he would sometimes go over that line. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember uh, you know, a game, I think it was against the Cardinals in the playoffs, where he threw seven picks. It might yes. have been the Rams. It might have been the Rams. The Rams. It was Rams. Aeneas yep, Williams. Was That's why I got confused. Yes, it, was. it was the Rams. Yes, he had he had a bunch of them. Yep, I remember that too. Yeah, so, I mean, he was he was reckless at times. 
Um, but he also wasn't afraid to make the tough throw. And it is, I mean, it's a lesson that every, you know, I remember when Matt Stafford first came in the NFL and he had the giant arm, which, you know, and, and, you know, he would make throws that you think, man, you get away with that in college. You can't get away with that in the NFL. Guys are going to pick that. And he's gotten better. He's, you know, he's learned to manage it a little bit and take less chances, but still take those chances when they're there. And it's, it's, uh, it's a hard thing to balance. But yeah, I feel like I feel like maybe the emphasis from the old staff, and maybe the staff's the same way, of you know we can never turn the ball over. It almost kind of castrates your quarterback a little bit in the sense of like you know you 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 want them to be gutsy enough to make that throw into the end zone with 12 seconds left, and he didn't make that throw. And I don't know if that's coaching or just him or whatever, but you gotta be willing to turn the ball over there, like you know, because otherwise you're not gonna score. Yeah, I mean, it's. I guess the the thing that everyone would say, the motto appears to be the same for everyone: touchdown to checkdown. You know, you, yes. you 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 look for the big play first, but but it's about the the instantaneous risk reward calculus that you're doing. And I wonder if ours has become skewed. That yeah. well, I can't I can't throw this deep ball because you know I have to get. All of it, because if I underthrow it, it could get picked. Right. Well, right. Yeah, but you could get a pass interference. There's a lot better. Sure, there, sure. there are a lot of good options if it's you know accurate to underthrown versus overthrown. Yeah. If it's overthrown, it's incomplete. Yeah. There's no right. You know, right. You're right. No, I mean, and that's a good point because I remember, I remember when I was a kid, and I don't even know who it was that first said it, but I heard it. You know, every time you throw the ball, two out of three outcomes are bad. You can throw an incompletion or an interception, or the other is a completion. That's not the case anymore. With the way the game is officiated, there's more than one good outcome. You can get a completion, but you can also get a penalty on sometimes not even where you throw the ball. Sometimes it could be the complete opposite side of the field. You know, and that's why I always think when teams have like, you know, third like the one that Manny threw the interception on, take that chance. Because you might get a penalty, you might get a free first down. Don't don't just do a draw play on third and nineteen and hand the and, and you know, willingly punt. Throw it. Drop back to throw. See if you can get the, the officials to give you a free first down because oftentimes they will. Well, and the other thing is that that quote, which I've heard too, it is misleading because an incompletion's not necessarily a bad play. It's not anymore. always a bad thing. No, you're yeah, right. It's, the the passing I mean, that's, game that's a very old school yeah. way of looking at passing the ball. Yeah. I mean the yeah. passing game has become like three point shooting in basketball. It, yeah. it used to be a thing, it's like, well, it's further away. What's the value? It's like, well, you can it's worth 50% more True. that, you True, know, exactly. and that's how exactly, it is with the passing yeah. game. The odds of a successful, if you hit one of three passes, you'll probably yeah. pick up a first down, first but down, you, ha- yeah, you know, great. you have to hit two of three runs probably yeah. to pick up a yeah. first. Which is why when you say, you know, when we're going to look at the record books and Manny's going to be, you know, among the most prolific passers and the yardage and completions and all that, the stats, passing stats have become, you know, really hard to compare to past eras because there's so much more throwing and, and really being, you know, I mean, not to sound like a whiner, uh, but it's just, it's everywhere. It's not just against us or anybody. The the defense is hard to play nowadays because it has been legislated out of the game. You can't touch receivers. You can't hit quarterbacks. um, And, and so yardage is out, out of control now. And, and, you know, so it's about really the number is passing touchdowns. That's a number that I think maybe is still a little bit more relevant because you're putting points on the board. Yardage can be empty, and, and Thursday night was a perfect example of that. 350, that was an empty 350 yards. There, there wasn't much of consequence to that 350. It used to be 350 was a monster game. That was not. 
No. This was this was the kind of yardage that you put up when you're trailing against a, yes. a good team. Yeah, yeah. sure. You want to yeah. throw underneath? You want to pick up sure. you know, 12, They'll 13 yards? That. Fine. And but, teams will play that kind of defense because they know that's a safe defense that will prevent them from getting penalized and giving you free yardage. Uh, you know, I mean, and, and so I really think that, you know, you're seeing it in the NFL and you're seeing it in college too. It's getting noticed in the NFL more, but I mean, the numbers are crazy now because, you know, guys are averaging 350 yards a game passing because there's really almost no way to defend them. You can't hit their head. You can't hit them low. You can't hit them in the middle of their body and then come down on them. Uh, you can't touch their receivers past five yards. Uh, you can't, you know, graze a receiver on the other side of the field because they'll give you a defensive holding or illegal contact. I mean, it's, 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 it's hard to play defense nowadays. I don't envy defensive players and coaches. Oh no. I mean, this is, it's a, it's a, the, the way the game has changed in our lifetime of fandom is insane. It's It's amazing. Yeah, it really is. I mean, and you're seeing it in the numbers and that's why, you know, so many, I mean, I'm sure we're not the only one who they're, you know, their top three, four, you know, passers in school history are from the last 15 years because they can't be. I mean, Jake Plummer, probably never had a season where he, he threw for 3,000 yards. Now it's 3,000 yards. You should do that in your sleep. Oh, yeah. Well, well the, I mean, when, when Plummer was playing, you didn't assume 40 attempts a game, which you no. do now. You which know? now is, a, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you had 30, that was a lot. I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, just because you, 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 first of all, you didn't have the hurry-up offenses that ran as many snaps, and when you when you called plays, more of them were runs. You know, it was just, I mean, not to say it was the Bo Schembechler offense, but, you know, you did not have uh, 75% pass plays like you do now. Yeah. So, I don't know. One one further note, we didn't, we didn't get to it in the flow of conversation. The attendance at Thursday's game was horrendous. And there were certainly some reasons for it being a weeknight and and Cardinals game was in town and stuff like that, but got to be a little concerning to see that in, you know, game number seven, game number four at home, that uh, the novelty apparently has already worn off and you're going to have to, you're going to have to start winning three and three is not going to put people in the stands. Oh yeah. And, And Stanford is an interesting program. They are not a big enough draw with the season they're having to no, get, not. you know, to get a family of and, four and, and, to be like, well, we got to go see that. Exactly. Team. Exactly. And, and let me say this. When I when I'm talking about the attendance, I am not doing what I hate when media does, which is criticizing fans for not spending their money. I didn't have to spend any money to be there. And I've been fortunate, you know, with, the, with a lot of games I've seen because of the work I did. A lot of the games I've seen, I haven't had to spend money to be there. And I hate when media does that. You know, criticize fans when you get free access to free food and free parking. Well, fans don't. And it's expensive to go to games. Uh, you know, it's expensive to park. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm driving to ASU and I'm seeing, you know, parking um, that's not really even that close to the stadium is, you know, 20 or 30 or $40. Like, wow, that's well, a lot of money. And, uh, you know, <laughs> d- doubling down on the parking issue, I don't know if you saw the, the firestorm that ASU created by asking students to not park in lot 59. I didn't, but I'm they, not surprised. They they, uh, they sent a thing, ASU Parking and Transit, you know, emails and, and tweets yeah. and things about, yeah. 
hey, pledge to not park in lot 59 on Thursday. So that way, it's like somebody, somebody I saw on Twitter said, so I get overcharged to park right. in the farthest lot from the stadium. And on the day where it's like a great deal for me, right. you're asking me to just not so what park am I supposed there. to do? Yeah. What's the alternative? Not drive? Yeah. That's what they were asking. They wanted you to yeah. not drive to campus that day. Take light rail or whatever. Or just, or, or just, class, just don't go to class. Just yeah. why, what yeah. is the point of going well, to class? And it's fun. I didn't see that aspect, but I do. I did see several, you know, things on Twitter about, you know, traffic's going to be really bad and parking's going to. And, and I think, I mean, they probably scared some people off in all honesty. Like, I mean, there were probably some people out there, maybe not a huge segment that thought, I'm not going to go because, man, they're acting like this is going to be just hor- horrible. So I'll just stay home and watch it on TV and I'll watch the Cardinals game, too, on TV. I can, you know, then I can watch baseball and I can watch basketball or whatever else is on. I mean, it was a, it was a good night of sports TV. Had ALCS game, you had, you know, LeBron's debut with the Lakers. Uh, you know, so there was other things to capture the sports fan. Not to mention an NFL game in town to divide up the football fan in, in the city, um, which you know was a great game if you were a Broncos fan or <laughs> someone like me. Uh, I loved it from afar, um, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, I think they scared some people off with, you know, the warning signs. And and I think, you know, certainly they weren't done any favors by the NFL scheduling that game, you know, in town on the same night. Um, that was, you know, a tough break for ASU. But still concerning. Like, I didn't expect a sellout, but wow, that was poor. They reported 42,000. I think there was about 10,000 or so that were getting an early jump on their Halloween costume as empty seats. <laughs> Because there was not 42,000 people there. Yeah, I, I saw Jordan Simone tweeted something about how the attendance was pathetic. Uh, yeah. Dan Raphorst on the radio broadcast said something about it too. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it, it was, and again, I am not, one. I mean, it's, it's very easy. I heard it at Cardinals games. I heard it, you know, from media who covered the Diamondbacks. and Sun. You know, it's very easy for media and people who don't have to spend their own money to say, you need to come out and support your team. Well, you're not doing that. So, you know, you're not faced with that choice. Um, it's a lot of, I mean, you're right. I mean, just talk individually, but you bring a family and you're talking parking, which is north of $20. You're talking tickets, which even the cheapest ticket to get in in the upper deck is probably 20 plus. So if you're talking a family, that's, you know, 60, 80 bucks. Then food, concessions, things like that. I mean, that's a lot of money to go to a game. You've got to earn it. And we haven't played well enough to earn that yet. Yeah. Look, I, I think that you're talking about, let's say that all you're doing is paying for parking tickets and bottled water because you had dinner at home before right. you got there. Right. If you're doing it for four people, you're talking about a, still a 200 to $300 yeah. outing. Yeah, which is, which is uh, unreal. I mean, because generally if you're taking kids, you're probably getting food. Yeah, you food, know, ice you know, cream, just, souvenirs. Yeah. Exactly, souvenirs. Yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, it's you've got to give people a reason to want to spend that money. I mean, and and I face that choice now because I'm not working in in the NFL. Thank God for that. But you know, I mean, I I was going to go see the Bears a few weeks ago, and the cheapest ticket I could find on StubHub because I guess of the Bears fans here was like you know sixty seventy dollars. I passed. I'm not I'm not spending that much money. Now I got to drive all the way out there. Um, like. No, and I wouldn't even get anything. I mean, I'd get a free soda at the concession stand for being the designated driver. Um, I do that, you know, every game. Um, and I got a parking pass from a guy I used to work with. But even then, I don't feel like spending that much money. 
and some people don't, you know, they got to pay to park. They got to, they got to pay for concessions. And like, I can see why people don't do it. It makes total sense to me. Before we go, I hadn't seen this. I am late to the party on this story. Did you see this thing about the Pac-12 replay review with, yes. with Mike Leach Washington and Woody State, Dixon? And, yeah. So the story, which I, I just caught up on as best I could this morning, the Pac-12 issued a report, uh, or I'm sorry, Yahoo Sports issued a report that, that talked about the Pac-12 on replay review, and specifically from the USC-Washington game, mm-hmm. there was a hit by Porter Gustin, the USC linebacker that went to review and the booth and command center agreed that it was targeting. And then a third party did not agree and they took the targeting off. Yeah. Well, and and wasn't there one on Washington state too? Yeah, that was, that was uh, Washington state had a penalty like there were there were two there were one on each team essentially that yeah. was controversial. Washington State I think they called it yeah. and reversed it, and USC they didn't even call it and they had a chance to review it and didn't, didn't even though it was pretty clear. I mean like looking at the replay I don't know how you don't call it, but they didn't call it. So yeah, and there were there were a couple strange ones in that game. And so the the reaction the initial reaction was Larry Scott said that there were procedural mistakes right. and there would be changes that apparently was not good enough for mike leach who <laughs> went after the pac 12s general counsel woody dixon and said yeah. in a tweet or uh, in a text message woody mm-hmm. is a total coward and is afraid of usc i look forward to telling him in person and then he texted directly to dixon don't ever waste my time making me sit through some sanctimonious speech or demonstration on player safety or targeting if you are going to continue to alibi what happened last Friday. Uh, that's funny. I hadn't heard what he exactly said. I read I read something about what he did, well, but and I, this is, I hadn't heard the exact quotes. So then he texted Larry Scott directly and said, the Pac-12 cannot say with any credibility that they're actually trying to protect student-athletes. <laughs> Well, he's probably got a point. I mean, based on that, like, I don't know. I don't know how you argue that. Uh, you know, I mean, um, given what we know and given what happened, you know, I mean, I'm sure Larry Scott would argue it, but I don't know how I could. Yeah. Well, here's so this is the final back and forth that ESPN reported on of text between yeah. Leach and Woody Dixon. Leach wrote, "Why can't I help wondering if you're trying to manipulate wins and losses?" Dixon responded Mike don't ever accuse me of manipulating wins and losses please show this text to your AD and have him give me a call Leach wrote back I didn't accuse you of anything I suggest that you get on sorting those rules that I pointed out after all that is your job (laughs) (laughs) then the the conference said we don't comment on stuff like this um, but you know if the athletic department uh, raises it, we'll look into it. And then, quote, no such request has been received from Washington State University. <laughs> <laughs> That's so. funny. That's funny. Well, yeah, I mean, of all of all people that aren't going to be afraid to speak their mind, it's certainly Mike Leach. It's such the, – the Pac-12 under Larry Scott in football and, and really football now and basketball has become a joke. And it's terrible. The Pac-12 network is a punchline. 
the the performance yeah, of football in non-conference is awful. The performance in basketball in the tournament was atrocious. Terrible. The, the yeah. limited the limited yeah. representation that we got in the tournament first. Right, right. Only yeah. in what three teams? We got three and none teams. Of them won a game. Yeah, we got three teams. Yeah. Two lost in the opening round, and right. Arizona lost in the round of sixty four. The first round. Yeah, yeah. So no, I, I agree. I mean, it's it's uh, it's really gotten. It's gotten bad um, in the major sports, and and they're you know much like we talked about a few days ago with ASU, you know the Olympic sports. They're they're really touting the uh, the Olympic sports and how great they are, but I, I don't care. I mean, I, not to be harsh, but I just I don't. I mean, you know what what pays the freight is football and basketball, and you know to already have. I mean, we're midway through the college football season, and and you've got no Pac-12 teams in the top ten. They've already pretty much, you know, been close to written off when it comes to the playoff, barring some, you know, crazy, a bunch of losses by other teams. You might get some, you know, Oregon maybe has a chance to get back in the mix or something, but probably not. Um, that's not good. And, and you're looking at, you know, potentially a third year out of five where you don't have a representative in the playoff. Uh, that's a bad sign. Yeah. I mean, to go back to your point on the Olympic sports, I think you and I are on the same page on this, which is better that we are good than we are not good, but the needle does not move based on how good the wrestling program is. It doesn't. No, no. I mean, it just does not. And and so, yeah, it's great that, that, you know, Stanford and, and UCLA and USC are also good in these sports. And, you know, I'm sure the people involved in those sports feel great about it, but you know, that does not really carry a lot of weight uh, on a national level. It just doesn't, you know, it, people, it doesn't carry a lot of, it. it doesn't carry a lot of weight on a school level. You know, I go back to the, you know, the day you and I went to see seven sports in a single day, we had right. free access to the, to most of those sports right. as students. Right. I think I went to, Five softball games the year they won the national title, and, yeah, and none yeah. otherwise. Uh, baseball, right. I went to. Football, I went to. Basketball, I went to. Men's basketball. I think I saw right. one women's game. Those were the, mm-hmm. my only trips to see golf, swimming. Yeah. Uh, I saw a couple volleyball games because you were covering the team. I saw, right. I right. saw tennis because exactly. we were yeah. there. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. You know, never saw track. No, you know. no. I went to one track thing because of work. I, I worked a track event, you know, working for ASU. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, like, yeah, and, and the, the track team. I mean, didn't they win national championships? Yeah, the uh, indoor. I think they won year, the indoor the same and yeah. softball. But you know, we had yeah. multiple national title teams our senior year. <laughs> right, right, and it just you know, I mean, that's great, but it doesn't it doesn't resonate. Uh, you know, I mean, perfect example right now. We're looking back and saying, yeah, I think they won that year. Well, you know, if the football team won a, even a conference title, as they've, you know, come close to a couple. I mean, we remember. We remember 2007. They shared the conference title. We don't have to say, what year was it that they won the share of the conference title? Uh, we remember, you know, 2010 when the basketball team finished second in the conference because it was so notable. You know, like, wow. You know, or 2009, we got to the conference um, tournament final there and should have won. Those things resonate with you. You win a national title in track, and it's like, uh, yeah, they won somewhere around 2007, 8, yeah. 9. I don't remember exactly when. Well, or how about wrestling? I know that the wrestling team has been good. I know that there are guys from the wrestling team who went on to become MMA fighters. 
I have no idea if they were there when I was there. I have no idea. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, didn't somebody who won the, I think it was the lady who won the, either the Boston Marathon or New York Marathon or something. Is Boston. An ASU. Yeah. Yeah. Is an ASU. I've never heard of her, honestly. <laughs> you know, never heard of her. But, you know, when James Harden won the MVP, we knew who he was. We didn't have to say, oh, yeah, wait, wait, did he go to ASU? Really? No. We, we knew that. We saw him on TV. We went to his games. We knew that, you know, and, and a lot of people know that beyond just people like us who are big ASU fans. Yeah. Well, there's five more games. There's a chance to yeah, rate the ship. Gotta, gotta try to find a way to six, and we'll we'll save that for the next time. When you know, but uh, I don't know if I see a route there, but but we'll hope there is one. Yeah. Well, ASU has a mini buy now to try to figure things out, and yeah, we're gonna take a mini buy until next week, and we'll preview uh, the next game then. Until next yes, time, uh, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.